Hello, and welcome to the Burning Cold Theater's podcast series, Into the Fire, with Jerome Davis. Hi, I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. Today we have the second part of our two-part podcast in which we will introduce to the world the Burning Coal Summer Interns 2018. So I'm going to start with uh, Kayla Booth, uh, Jenna Voris, Jackson Welborn, and Vishal Shaganti. Did I get that right? Yes, yes I did. I got it. Uh, all, I'm four for four. Okay, great, guys. Well, first of all, welcome. Uh, welcome to Burning Coal and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. And I'd like each of you to just uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and how you ended up here. Vishal, do you want to start? Yeah, so um, I'm 17 years old, and uh, first I originally uh, lived in Minnesota, so I was heavily involved with the performing arts there and uh, wanted to continue that trend as I moved to North Carolina. So I got involved with more um, uh, dance-oriented performing aspects, as well as uh, engaging in uh, various productions around the area. And a big theme of mine that I've wanted to always maintain in my life is integrating uh, Indian culture and Western cultures together just to to get a broader audience, and so people seem more engaged with what I have to offer. Fabulous. We have our first uh, uh, Indian board uh, board member this year, and we will also be doing our first play about uh, Indian culture this year at the end of the season. So I hope you will uh, come and see it, or possibly even if you're available, work on it, but certainly uh, tell the world about it. Um, That's in April of 2019. Definitely. Jackson, let's uh, let's go with you next. Yeah, yeah. so I got my start in theater in high school. I started off as a sophomore high school, and I was all into band stuff. I started in middle school with band, played violin, trumpet, mellophone, a little bit of everything. Wow. And, and uh, you play the piano, too. Uh, I twiddle-twaddle, but not, not much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... That's a new word, by the way. It's a <laughs> word, right? But, um, I got started as a band kid in high school, and I had a friend in high school who was really big into theater, and we had an audition for Les Mis coming up. And I'd never thought about doing theater before, and she was like, hey, you should audition. I was like, I'm not quite sure about that, but I auditioned, got in, and I fell in love with it instantly, and now I'm pursuing it. So. You were on stage for that production? Yeah, I was, I was in the ensemble for Les Mis. Very good. So you had to stand and thrust your fist in yeah, the air? Yeah, lots, lots of, lots of like, tight arm pats and Wait, fists right. in the air yeah. and That's big smiles. Yeah. But what a beautiful score to start out on. My oh, goodness, yeah. uh, that would make anyone fall in love with the musical mm-hmm. theater, I think. Where are you from, Jackson? I'm from Apex, right here locally. Okay. So. And you're currently in college? Uh, yeah, I'm up at Appalachia. I just finished my freshman year going into my sophomore year. Excellent. Very good. Jenna, how about you? Um, I don't do theater, so this is fun. Uh, <laughs> I've never really done theater. I'm more of like a, a fan of viewing it. I have family in New York, so we um, would go see Broadway shows a lot of the time. Every May, we would kind of like make an effort to go out there and see shows, mostly musicals, some, some plays. Um, I did do performing arts in other ways. I did, I've done color guard my entire life, so I did uh, marching band, I did uh, winter garden, I did drum corps, so um, mm-hmm. I love performing, I love being in front of people, but I've never really done theater. 
Um, so this has been a really interesting look in how that kind of all comes together. Well, I think uh, the color guard and marching band and that sort of thing is, is a kind of a performance mm -hmm. for, for sure. sure. Um, it's not as text heavy as, say, Richard III, but, yeah. uh, but it is a performance nonetheless. Where are you from, uh, Jenna? I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and okay. I just uh, graduated from Butler University. Just graduated, and what yeah. brings you to the Triangle? Um, it seemed like a really interesting opportunity to kind of get out of the Midwest and experience uh, living on my own and working in a professional theater company um, before I set out into the professional world. The professional world, very good. And uh, last but not least, Kayla <laughs> Booth. So um, I started doing theater, I think, around the age eight, and um, I got my start in musical theater, and pretty, it was a, an immediate love, and I continued on through that. And in high school, I started taking more classes outside, and um, particularly fell in love with Shakespeare, and I still to this day very much love Shakespeare, and um, just really love the art of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Where are you from now? I'm from Charlotte. Charlotte, North yes. Carolina, yeah, yes. and you're just here for the summer uh, in Raleigh. Very good. Where are you in your education? Um, I'm a rising sophomore in the school drama at the University of Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. wow. <laughs> so we have quite a diverse group uh, here, uh, geographically speaking, a couple of Midwesterners, uh, Oklahoma is kind of southwest, <laughs> right, I guess, yeah. and, and Apex? Um, well, Apex is just 30 minutes outside the city. <laughs> it's just so. down the road, <laughs> just a, a piece, as we say here in the southeast. Um, Jackson, um, you uh, are interested in musical theater and, and also, I imagine, stripe uh, drama. Do you have uh, role models, people in, the, in either of those fields that have influenced you over the years? Well, since I'm so new to theater, I'm still learning a lot about like the different actors, directors, all the different, all the big names in theater. But right. I've really been looking into a lot of different performers, like overall. So I've looked into the first show I ever saw that really got me into theater, like viewing it before I even acted in it, was Newsies. Uh -huh. And Jeremy Jordan, the original, yeah, right, right. He's swooning insane. Yeah, he's 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 something else, and I really got in with him, and then just. Like the normal, like Lin Manuel and stuff like that. Yeah. All, the, all the big names are really, really talented writers and uh, performers up there. That, like, just all the big ones, I guess, are the influences for me. And you have a musical background. Uh, what are the similarities and what are the differences between music and musical theater? Well, when I first got in, with like uh, when I did my first production with Les Mis, sophomore year of high school, I like. With I've, I've performed jazz and marching band and like just concert band and stuff and just having stage presence with like doing marching band and stuff and like mm -hmm. dancing and just emoting there because I always viewed marching band as a form of musical theater because yeah. it's still acting in certain respects and it's just still storytelling you're just playing this like it's having the pit on the field basically uh -huh. and I really got into uh, theater because of the stage presence that you have to have and because of how you're still putting out so much, oh, my thoughts are getting jumbled. It's, it's still putting out so much creativity and expression just mm -hmm. through a different way, through words instead of making music. So it's, it really translated a lot in a really, right. really big way. Can you help them, Alex? Okay, uh, good. Uh, and um, I'm gonna ask you the same question, Jenna. Do you have a, do you have a sense of um, what, um, theater involved, did you have a sense of what theater involves before you uh, started in the process? Um, I did, I grew up singing and doing choir, so that's kind of different than, because um, I was always with a group, I was never really by myself, so that was kind of different, but 
Um, I did get a really good sense of, you know, like how hard it is and how much of like a team activity it is. Like you're never just going to like be a singular person on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of an idea about that aspect. And then my sister's like crazy talented. So she's always been involved in theater. So that's kind of like how we as a family got more involved into it just because of her passion and um, all the shows that she was involved in and that she wanted to see. So through her, I kind of learned with her about the world as she was kind of, now she's like setting out for college auditions. So um, yeah, I learned kind of about it through her, even though it wasn't really my first um, like exposure to it. Okay, good. Uh, Vishal, I'm going to go back to the question about influences in your life. Um, you uh, you were born in the U.S. Uh, yes, I was born in the okay. U.S. Yeah. Do you still have... In your uh, early years, did you still have influences from India that were driving you or motivating you as an artist? Right. Uh, so, like, from from India, I got... Um, so, I was heavily involved with Indian classical dance. So, there were a lot of teachers that... Um, there was, a, there was a one really, really famous uh, dance teacher. His name was uh, Birju Maharaj. So he came from India, and he would uh, he would come and uh, he would come to the United to the United States and just hold workshops. And we would just see him, and I would just see him without even. He's a very he's very old by now. He's in his eighties or nineties. Uh-huh. So I would see him. He would just sit down, but like the way his movements, the way he would express, it's just it's so much more different than the way than just what the normal students were doing he's at at such a higher level so like learning from that was just truly a one in, once in a lifetime experience and um also my mom she was held, she was uh uh very heavily involved with the performing arts and the theater to begin with so she so seeing her on stage made me want to be on stage uh along uh just like her and i was taught by her that um regardless of the size of the role regardless of how much you contribute you got to put in 150% or more. And that's when um, I acted in a, in a play in school. I was a tree. And people, and people said I was the best tree that they've ever seen because I gave it, because I just took her advice. I took it from all my mentors, uh, took that advice from all my mentors, and I just have been giving it my all ever since. So That's one instance where if the critics said that your performance was wooden, it would yeah. be... That would, that, would, that would be a good record. That would be yeah. a good thing, yeah. 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 Well, good, Michelle. That's very interesting. I want to press a little bit harder on this question, though, of the difference between the the dance, uh, uh, Indian dance, is a different, a whole different thing than what we think of in more Western uh, culture as dance. Uh, what, right. what are, can you articulate? One or two of the differences that you see there. Right. So, with Indian classical dance, basically, you're emoting a story with. Um, because, so we have our own type of uh, myths and stories that that are tied to our religion, mm-hmm. uh, Hinduism. So a lot of it, a lot of it is depicting stories that take place um, that have taken place in Hinduism. Some of them may be considered fictional; others may be considered just ch- like children's stories. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is just we we use dance as a way to storytell, and we don't say we don't use words at all. We just use expressions. We use props, and we use our our fluid movements. And this, um, is that because India is comprised of several different languages that de- depending on what region of the country you live in you might speak a different uh, language? Right, yeah. So in, in so in India there's like there's like 200 languages or something and then um, there are different dance styles per, pertaining to each region. So like in the northern region there's a different type of classical dance. In the southern region there are different types of classical dances and and all in all, they're like whole—they're completely different worlds altogether. When you go to a, when you just go to a different region in India, it feels like you're in a whole different country because it's just 
it's just so different culturally, so diverse culturally. So it's just being able to absorb all of that is just something that I I it's I cherish it so much. So. Are there are there people I'm curious that are uh, attempting to to uh, to integrate those styles together or to mix you know take elements of each of them? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So uh, so I learn an in so I learn a northern Indian classical dance. My sister learns a southern Indian classical dance. So around next year or so, we're planning on on holding a showcase where we both perform together in collaborative efforts. So my dance teacher and her dance teacher are going to come together and collaborate and try to figure out ways we can make it cohesive, figure out ways where we can make stark contrasts. And I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Let so. me know if you need a theater. To oh, for sure. Yes, okay. yes, for sure. Very good. Uh, Kayla, uh, uh, influences uh, in your early, early life. I, I think it mostly what influenced me as a child was just the community around me because, mm-hmm. you know, working in the theater as a small child, you worked with all ages, people that were younger than you and people that were older than you. And there was a lot of support. And um, I watched people that were four or five years older than me go off and do this in college. Mm-hmm. And I think it really taught me that, you know, you can do this. Like, this is something you can do. And that really influenced me a lot and gave me the support system to pursue it. Yeah, yeah. we forget about those that are right next door or <laughs> within earshot of us uh, as influences. Uh, sometimes it's not the big celebrities, sometimes it's just the hardworking actor or dancer or um, painter that we ha- we're able to see on a daily basis that reminds us that it's a possible way of life. Uh, just for the record, our, our first uh, director of education, uh, I guess it would have been 20, 20 years ago now, Ben Smith uh, was from Oklahoma, was originally from Oklahoma, <laughs> yeah, and spent several years here uh, working with us and getting our education program off the ground before moving on to, to bigger and better things. Um, I'm also curious, um, uh, and I'm, I'll throw this open to all of you, um, theater has been, you know, um, talked about as a, as a dying art form for most of the last, uh, you know, 3,000 years, uh, and, uh, and yet it continues to be, and, and people continue to do it, um, and it uh, changes, but rather slowly, uh, you know, compared to some other art forms. For instance, a um, hundred years ago, no one would have had uh, television in their house, and now everyone has a television in their pocket, right? And so that's a, that's a pretty big sea change, right? From nothing to constant access to the thing. The theater more or less remains um, as it was 2,000 years ago without, without a lot of exceptions. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Uh, some of each? Uh, what do you think? I would, um, okay. um, so I would say as far as... Um, progressing making it more widespread i would say that would be uh, a bad thing obviously because it's i mean it's limited access you have to go to a a specific theater company or a specific show in order to actually view it but as far as um keeping keeping it to the roots of acting i think there's nothing that can strengthen your acting more than theater because there's so much so much more you have to do than just with what you see on television there's so much more uh there's so much less subtlety because you need to you need to have you just need to be bigger mm-hmm. with your acting style. So I feel like to enhance your acting, have the way theater is, it's perfect. 
but in order to get a widespread um, viewership of it, yeah. I would say it's very limited. It's, right a, now, so. it's a bad business model, right? Uh, exactly. Generally speaking, right. Um, what about the rest of you? Any other thoughts on that? Subject? And I think going off the idea of like having theater be more widespread because we all have like TVs in our pockets, basically, and like. We have the internet, we have YouTube, which is a great thing, Netflix, we can go and see all these movies and stuff, and that is an adaption of theater, and then even with stage performances, like, uh, I had to read a play during um, during one of my classes this past year, The Laramie Project, mm -hmm. that's what it's called, and um, I, I just fell in love with the play, and I'll, I wanted to see what productions I could find locally or anywhere mm -hmm. in the world, I couldn't find any that were going on near me, but I found, like, a dozen on YouTube that were of, like, really good quality professional mm -hmm. theater companies. Yeah. So it lets me expose me to new new artists, new directors, new casts, new new interpretations of something. Mm -hmm. So even though like live theater, like actually going to a theater is less common now or is dying as we say, it's still it's still growing so much in the sense that it's we can videotape it and put it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Anyone can see it. Anyone can be exposed to all these different creative minds. It doesn't entirely tomorrow. die with mm -hmm. each night's performance. Uh, those of us who have been at uh, music concerts before know that no amount of listening to a recording of the concert can quite take the place of being in the oh, room yeah. with oh, a musician. Sure. Absolutely. But it leaves something behind, which I think is a good thought. Ladies, either of you have any thoughts? I think kind of going off of that, I, I think making it a widespread thing would be amazing because I think a lot of people don't have the opportunity to go to a theater and making that available to everyone would be, I think, beautiful because you can't connect to a screen. And, and while movies and TV are wonderful and there's so much beautiful things about that, there's just something about going to live theater and seeing a real life human like breathing and like living in that character mm -hmm. that you just you can't get anywhere else. There's something about the spatial relationship between the actor and the audience. The screen will always be two-dimensional and the actor will never really come toward you. He, will, he or she will never inhabit your own personal space. But in the theater, that very well could happen and, and often does happen in, in plays. Um, Jenna? Um, I kind of had like a little two-parter. Um, recently, <laughs> they, they re-released, um, I don't know, last year if you saw, they like re-released the OG cast of Newsies into like, a, like the musical they released into movie theaters, which I thought was really great because I would never obviously get the chance to see Jeremy Jordan and Carol Lindsay and Newsies since they aren't doing it. And then just a few weeks ago this summer, they released the original... Um, production of Bandstand of the musical, which I had seen in New York uh, last year, but it was absolutely fantastic. So I went to go see it in the movie theater again. And I was obviously surrounded by people who had never seen it because it's in New York and it closed after like a year. Yeah. Um, but they all got to connect to it and they all got to cry at the moments that I cried and like laugh when the moments when I laughed. So mm -hmm. it was really nice to be surrounded by all these people that like, you know, they paid $10 for a movie ticket instead of what is like $100 to go yeah, see it on that's a big problem, stage. I so I, I really wish that they could do more things like that. I know there's a bunch of issues with like rights and um, mm -hmm. recording and everything, but I wish they would do more things with shows that have already closed mm -hmm. where they you know kind of take the footage and they re-release it into movie theaters so that everyone can see yeah. it because like you said it's not gonna stop people from still buying tickets to shows if it's live just because it's such like a different experience high definition broadcasts have started out with the opera actually the Met and some of the uh, operas in Europe were broadcasting live uh, actually during the time that the live performance was happening and then um, the National Theatre in London picked up on the idea and started broadcasting some of their shows. 
they did uh, that Frankenstein a few years ago that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was in that uh, Danny Boyle directed, uh, and that was a big success. And so now several of the theaters in London are taking advantage of the network of systems that the National Theater set up, which was taking advantage of the network of theaters that the opera companies had set up. So they're all sort of piggybacking on each other, and now we're seeing performances not just live, but pre-recorded as well. So, so some of that is changing, and that, I think that is a good thing. If you guys, um, I guess, Jenna, you're unlikely to pursue theater further after the summer, is that correct? Or? Um, I don't know. I have kind of... I, it's okay. I, mean, my, <laughs> I know. Like, my root love is storytelling and stories and books. Yeah. So that kind of translates to a bunch of different fields. I would really love to do publishing, yeah. and I would really love to, you know, get stories out there that way. But I think this is such a unique art form, and I like it so much as a viewer that I would love to work behind the scenes in whatever way I can. Publishing is kind of a dying thing, too. I know. Right. What am I going to do? <laughs> What's next for you? Jousting? You know? right. I mean, um, that's, uh, it's, but it's good uh, that, that people are still fighting for those things and still believe in them. And I believe that there's this cycle uh, that may come around again when people become more interested in the three-dimensional uh, performing arts. If you could uh, change or, or make anything uh, in the future happen that you think would strengthen the art form, Jackson, uh, going forward, what would you do? If you could just be king for a day and decree that this, <laughs> this thing shall happen and uh, with the purpose of making the theater a stronger art form, a less likely to, to vanish art form. And I think, I think it can be said about like music and everything else, like all live performance, yeah. like live art as well, is just so many people don't grow up with it, don't aren't exposed to it because of either like money or access or like just not knowing about it not having someone in their life to tell them about it or expose them to it mm -hmm. so like I didn't realize how great theater was until like eighth grade when I saw my first Broadway show yeah. like I didn't realize that it was this big thing that was so much fun and so creative and so powerful so that was my first really introduction to it yeah. and a lot of people never have that first introduction they'll go through their whole lives never having that so I think a big reason why we say it's dying and stuff is because, not necessarily because people aren't interested, it's just people have never been exposed to it. They've never learned about it. So more access is your... Yeah, more access and just, I guess, more... Yeah, I guess just more access and just more appreciation for it. and Which comes through education. Yeah, through, like, I guess, schools or, like, yeah. even just... If I could just zap the idea of, like, hey, t teach your kids about theater and music and art and stuff. Meanwhile, and the heads. arts funding is being cut left and right. Mm -hmm. it's, and, so. it's, and it's... It's sad because if they're not figuring out that they can express themselves through these, through these different mediums in school, then they're never going to find out that they can express themselves later on through. They're not going to find that that's a way to escape everyday life. It is where most, uh, where most people learn to mm -hmm. appreciate the arts um, uh, or to not appreciate it uh, yeah. as and, well. And, and they're not for everyone. Like I, I understand that theater is not for everyone. It's a very, it's a very, very different way of expressing yourself I think and it's mm -hmm. something that not everyone gels with just the same way not everyone enjoys listening to the same types of music and stuff but it's it's I just wish more people were able to really fully appreciate it and have that exposure to actually learn about it because without the without the knowledge of how to listen to more intricate music or appreciate more powerful theater uh, then 
they're never or like appreciate looking at dance because a lot of people don't understand how dance like looking at dance and viewing dance can affect them then they'll never be able to really want to go out and spend how much it costs to go to a theater or just take the time to go view theater because they've never really learned to appreciate it so i guess more appreciation for it appreciation and and the only mechanism we have for that right now really Mm -hmm. is the education system i think um anyone else uh kayla do you want to take a crack at that question oh i mean yeah i i would say about the same thing just making it more accessible and just showing a large appreciation for it early in life um like for example this before i came here in the later parts of may and early parts of june i was a part of um, a traveling company that we went around to schools and performed for um, younger kids mostly elementary school Mm. and having more things like that accessible to younger children just to show them early in life that this is this is what it is. It's awesome. It's fun. It's exhilarating. And yeah, we also have an idea that actors are these strange people who live in a far, far away <laughs> place, like a Tom Cruise, you know, or somebody like that, and uh, 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 Angelina Jolie, and, and they're perfect in every way, and they don't have, don't come near us. You know, we're just mm-hmm. the regular people. And if you have an artist standing there in front of them in their own school or in their own, uh, you know, hometown. Um, uh, performing and and the child is able to to understand that that's not that uh, it's not an impossible life to live because there they are right there in mm-hmm. front of us then I think that opens windows into the mind of the young person as well so yeah and Jenna or Vishal either of you have um, I guess I would just encourage people to be more open and accepting to different forms and kinds of theater um, I know like my grandparents, for example, they're very traditional, and when Hamilton came out, they were very much like, what is this rapping musical about history? It's not Oklahoma or Carousel. <laughs> like, they were very confused by it, and um, I think that, you know, just like keeping an open mind and realizing that new things are going to keep happening. Like, I just saw, um, last weekend, oh my gosh, I went to New York, and I saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and it was literally the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, but like, all of those special effects were like new. They invented them for the show. Mm-hmm. And it's it's confusing and it's kind of like disarming. Like you've never seen that before and it can be a little bit off-putting if you're not used to it. And I think kind of being like, oh, this is this could be where the art form is headed if you let it and you, you accept it and you just kind of acknowledge it. I think that's super important in keeping, not only keeping it alive, but keeping more people involved too. That's a, a series of stories that were uh, written down by a single artist, probably in an, an attic or an office or wherever she worked, uh, uh, the author of the Harry Potter things. And now hundreds of millions of people all over the world are influenced and living their lives under the influence of the storytelling that, that this one woman uh, made up in her mind. It's quite a powerful thing, the, the human imagination. Anybody else who hasn't spoke for sure? So, um, so we, with theater, the thing is, um, as much as uh, we would like to see a lot more variations when it comes to the physical theater aspect itself, like physically seeing a show. So I think with, uh, with like garnering more attention and, and having people appreciate it more, I think there should be uh, various variations like um, in, on a Netflix on a Netflix. On Netflix, there are TV shows, there are series. So maybe making a theatrical series or a theatrical um, story that's more that's more that's prolonged more than just a singular play that makes people want to keep coming in, keep seeing what's happening with these real live characters right in front of us. So I think people, I think just um, 
embracing the the modern world and not necessarily just staying with the one play one show type thing always retreating always back retreating to the standard to the, yeah. to the standard to yeah. the to the status quo yeah i think maybe just uh expanding the theatrical variations yeah. would definitely uh get people to appreciate the art form that's more. a fantastic so. idea there's a there's a series running on the west end in london right now a, a, a director decided he was going to get a, a west end theater mm -hmm. hire a bunch of actors and do all 20 of the one-act plays written by Harold Pinter, mm -hmm. all 20 of them, not on the same night, but there are little, you know, you can see these two one night and these three one right, night, right. and these, and he's got big, big stars in these things, and it's running for a year, and when it first happened, everybody was saying, what? Right. How do you, you can't do that. Right, you can't right. do 20 plays all at the same time, but they're doing it, and, yeah. uh, and it's selling like crazy, and making people interested in Pinter's writing. So well, I, I think all of these answers are really good and, and heartening answers and get, certainly give me something to think about. So, mm -hmm. so thank you guys for that. And thank you for your very, very good work this summer. We appreciate it. And we, would be, uh, we will be in your debt for it uh, for a long time. So thank you guys very much. Thank you for the thank opportunity. You, yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening. Subscriptions to our upcoming 2018-2019 main stage season are now available. Order today and guarantee yourself a seat to David Hare's Stuff Happens, Connor McPherson's The Weir, Hannah Benitez's Ash and Johannesburg, and Sue Townsend's The Great Celestial Cow. For more information, visit our website at burningcoal.org.